Welcome to Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick, your host, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to continue our conversations around the brain, specifically how information overload is addictive. We live in an info junkie crack house, and that's what we're going to talk about today. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, I'd love for you to subscribe and spread the, spread the word about what we're doing here. This podcast is plain and simple about being a more effective and efficient communicator. As many of you know, I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less. And I'm the managing director and founder of the Brief Lab, where we help organizations master lean communication. We help them get to the point. As part of this podcast, we tackle issues that affect us as communicators in, the, in, in our lives in a world of infobesity, of information overload, where we're constantly connecting information. We're just going nonstop, nonstop. And today we're going to talk about how information overload is addictive, how information is addictive. And I don't use the term lightly, just to clarify. I, I, addiction is a serious word. It's a serious condition. You know, you have people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol and all types of things. There's addictions of all shapes and sizes, and they're serious. They affect um, the world that we live in. I mean, when I was just preparing for what we're going to talk about today, I'm thinking about just people that I know that have addictions and the in the 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 mess that has been made of their lives and the lives of those around them. So I don't take that term lightly. According to the American Psychiatric Association, you know, addiction is defined as an excessive use of a substance. In this case, we can talk about the internet, social media information that leads to impairment of everyday life, sleep and relationships. You know, what we're looking at right now, statistically, it's pretty staggering. You know, up to 18% of people, according to some research, are actually addicted to the internet. They have, they have a straight-up addiction to the internet. So we're going to talk about, you know, why that's happening. And just a little bit of background. We talked about in the previous podcast about working memory and the decline of our focus and the ability for us to really concentrate on the things that we need to concentrate on. Well, why is this happening? It's happening because the brain is getting addicted to multitasking. We talked about dopamine and what dopamine is. And and it's serious stuff. You know, this is, like I said in the opening remarks, it's kind of like living in an information crack house. We're going to talk about how this is happening and why this is happening. And for starters, part of it isn't happening by accident. It's happening by design. Sad to say, but it's happening by design. Um. Software developers, specifically application developers, in the past would talk about apps needed to be sticky or the stickiness or getting, you know, how get the usability. Now they're talking about can they make the software, the app addictive so that you constantly go back to it. And, you know, Sean Parker, who was one of the early, early founders of Facebook, you know, said, infamously once, God only knows what this is doing to our brains. And it seems like, reportedly, they they know, or they knew that this is what's happening. Um, that Facebook and 
It's exploiting the psychological vulnerabilities within us, you know, through instant gratification, through this, this feedback loop, this addictive feedback loop of dopamine, these releases, you know. You know, why is this relevant to us in our day? We, we're, we're starting to see addictive behavior. You know, if 18% of people are addicted to the internet, it clearly starts to interfere with daily routines and productivity. People sitting down at meals together. They're on their phones all the time. Um, how they study. You know, look at kids where they're, they're, they're studying and then they're, they've got open tabs where they're checking out YouTube videos because they need another hit. Another rush of, they're on social media while they're studying. So it starts interfering with work. You know, people that are getting texted or alerts in the brain is because it's addictive, goes there. It's, it, it, it's an impulse and we lose impulse control and it become, we become sort of slaves to these devices, these sources of information, which in and of themselves are great things or wonderful things, but we have to look at what is the effect of this on the brain. Um, so it's, it's rewarding multitasking. So we're going to look at that. <clears throat> um, well, let's just you know go back to you know some of the some of the statistics that sets the stage for this. Um, you know, seventy percent of young smartphone users check their phone three or more times an hour, and twenty-two percent of them are checking it every few minutes. And if you're looking at certain groups of people, certainly you know, college and high school, the the phone in the hand is is a constant um, it, it really is something that they can't they've learned to live with because that's all they've known and even people that have not known it their whole life it's created this connection to to information which is almost irresistible right that you can you can do any you can do anything with that um, so when you look at you know constant consumption what are we talking about when we talk about infobesity? I mean, this is our lives. It wasn't a decade ago, and it's just going to get worse. Because like I have always said, technology doesn't care about you. Information doesn't care about you. It just comes. It comes in waves, and we have to learn how to manage it. And, and part of the need to be brief is to, to counter that wave of all this information and clutter and cloudiness in people's brains. How can we communicate clearly, concisely? consistently to help them in these moments where their brains are all over the place. Um, you know, what we're talking about right now is just kind of look at like the sequences of our lives. You know, people, we, we did a research at the, at the brief lab, 70% of people is the first and last thing they do every day is to check their phone. So you're checking your, 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 for email, your phone, then you're looking at the weather, then you get an alert, then you, you know, send and reply to a text and then you post something to social media, and then you start reading social media, and then you like and comment on other social media posts, um, regardless of what they are. And then you start scrolling through photos through social media. And then you check the news, you start scrolling through articles and headlines, through news feeds. Then you get another alert, you check that. Um, then you gotta go to the bathroom. But you take your phone with you because you don't want 
spend a moment without it. And then you maybe play a quick game in a, in a moment when you're bored or between activities. Maybe waiting for a plane. Check your account balance. Go back, check the weather. Different cities. You repeat this repeatedly. <laughs> it becomes a cycle of constant consumption. What's happening that makes us do this? And it's happening all over the place. It's a societal thing. And it's addictive. What's, we've talked about this term dopamine. And I, again, I don't want to try to really fully answer what is dopamine because it's a very complicated thing. And the more I read on it, the more confusing it gets. But at a simple level, it's, this, it's a reward system in the brain. It's a chemical associated with pleasure. It's a neurotransmitter that helps control the brain's reward and pleasure centers. It regulates emotional responses. It does a lot of things. Uh, but specifically, something like a like on social media or a comment on social media has an effective release in this, releasing dopamine. It's like a little hit. Um, and when people are addicted to drugs, even seeing, you know, um, or knowing they're going to do a drug releases dopamine. It's the anticipation of that. It's so powerful in the brain. It's, it's, dopamine is present in all addictions. Well, it turns out that it's present in information addictions or infobesity addiction in a very, in a very powerful way. What's happening is the brain is releasing this dopamine and it has an addictive quality to it. So we talked about multitasking. And what's happening, it's a reward system. So it's very almost Pavlovian where you are doing something and focus is hard. Let's face it. I mean, you're sitting down and under normal circumstances, study and work and being on task is difficult, especially when a smartphone sits right there. So I'm almost beckoning you. In this case, there's almost a physiological, like a psychological, physiological connection, addictive connection to this where it's it's us beckoning you to check me because you can get a little bit of a dopamine hit. If you're sitting at your table at a meal or your desk at work and you're on task and you're doing something, you've got to focus. You're maybe reading an instruction manual or a report that's really important that requires your undivided attention. It's hard. Focus is hard. Maybe it's listening to somebody. You're doing a personnel review or you're talking to your child or your neighbor or you're just listening to somebody you know, complain or talk about something and you struggle because you can't focus on that. Um, maybe it's just doing nothing, this moment of inactivity where there's a book called Bored and Brilliant, which is really interesting is that a lot of our creativity comes from these moments of boredom where we're not connected, we're inactive. We let our brain wander. That's why some people say that they get some great ideas when they, they're taking a shower and they go for a walk because our brain is sort of liberated from, this, from all this bombardment of information. But focus is hard especially when there's constantly distractions and options to, to check information on our phone, on, on our laptops, on our, on our devices, right? So that's, that's the first thing when you kind of look at that. Well, yeah, focus is hard. Well, the second thing is information consumption is rewiring our brain. So we talked about in previous podcasts, the podcast about the, the brain, the neuroplasticity of the brain, which is a fancy way of saying it's, shapeable or malleable. You can bend it or change it or alter it. The brain is being altered. Well, how is it being altered? It's being altered by 
constant information bombardment. We're literally rewiring the neural pathways of our brain. So our brain is acting and behaving in a different way. And the more information we consume, the more we're changing it. And we can actually get to the point where it becomes saturated. We have this moment of saturation where we cannot focus anymore. And that's really worrisome to me because if you look at how addictive it is and you lose impulse control, a person really becomes incapable of sustained focus or sustained concentration because there's so many other things that are more rewarding for them emotionally, psychologically, and even physically in, in their brain because, this, because of what's happening. Um, and the good news, we can reverse it. You can reverse it. And so studies have shown that, you know, there are things that we can do to make it better. But I just want to look at, like, maybe take a quick test here to see if this might be you or people that you know, right? Because the question is, you can change it. You can do something about it, which is important, right? First thing is, when you talk about smartphones or, like, internet-connected devices, am I, out, am I glued to it? That's maybe the first question. Always, all, is it always with me? Second question is, can I put it aside for a minute or more? Do I have, you know, the ability to do that? Can I control myself to just put it aside while I'm watching TV or I'm in a meeting? Or can I just put it aside? If I go to the bathroom, can I leave it? Do I have to take it with me? Right? Research state, some majority of people take it with to the bathroom. Question number three is, um, do I feel like I get withdrawal symptoms when I don't use it? And like I'm reaching for it, like I, I need it. Question number four in this test is, do I sneak using it? Do I hide it? I've been told by somebody who was, I check my email in the morning and at night and I have to hide it from my spouse because I'm always looking at my phone. I'm always on. I'm always looking at it all the time. And question number five, do I check it when I'm bored or depressed? These are just kind of a questions, kind of a checklist of things. And if you're answering yes to these questions, you, you realize that now there's a chemical addiction to this, that this is affecting your brain. It's not, it's like, like I said in the opening, it's, I don't take this lightly, it's serious, and we need to do something about it. So what can we do? Like the words of wisdom always say, everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. So highly recommend quiet time, that you have moments during your day, whether at work or study, that you just, it's quiet. It's quite time for you, you know, and it's scheduled like that. Certainly sleep is part of that, right? Not looking at your phone right before you go to bed. My seven to seven rule, stop looking at it after 7 p.m. Don't look at it until 7 a.m. It's a nice way of looking at it. Give yourself a good 12 hours of quiet time. Another thing, put it away. Regulate its use, okay? And then finally, one thing at a time. Multitasking is the enemy here. Try to do everything one thing at a time. Get used to saying no, just one thing at a time. So just kind of wrapping this thing up, go to our website and download our annual report. It talks about some of the conditions of how technology is really getting the upper hand here and things to do about it. So if you go to the annual, thebrieflab.com, you can find that there. And then in the words of Chris Prentice, the more you engage in any type of emotion or behavior, the greater your desire for it will become. Just saying.